welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Laurie, the co-host. Hello Laurie. Check you with your thesaurus out. I, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of another way of saying as usual, so I thought I'd you know, <laughs> switch it around and say I was delighted. <laughs> oh Craig. So was that, was that good enough? Uh, yeah, it's, it's tremendous to be here once again. Good, good. We're also joined by Greg. Hello, Greg. How are we doing? All right. Sorry you didn't get as big a build-up, but you don't moan about it as much as Laurie. I was going to say, I, I, maybe I'll make my 10th appearance. I might get a delighted to be welcome by, but until I make my 10th, I'm, I'm going to stick with a just good old-fashioned join-by. <laughs> You'll maybe get a badge or something like that. Maybe here's an idea. As heard, idea. as heard on the Scottish Football Forums podcast. <laughs> a little certificate or something. Yeah, I... Oh, and next time you're, you're going out, you can say, don't you know who I am? They'll, they'll say no, but... It's... Oh, they'll, they'll say no. <laughs> they say, yeah, of course I do. I recognise that voice. Yeah. <laughs> you're the, are you, do you support Motherwell? Are you that Motherwell fan? I tell you what, I've, I've, been, I've been getting extra extra traffic on my uh, Twitter off the back of this, this uh, podcast. Good, good. Uh, and when I say extra traffic, I mean two followers <laughs> but hey that's that's a hundred percent increase in what it was before so can be bad good so i thought we'd start off with the, the league cup which happened during the week and on tuesday night there was three games dundee united were put out by falkirk after drawing 2-2 and falkirk ended up winning at 5-4 on penalties I didn't see this one coming myself. I'd went for a 2-1 victory to Dundee United. Laurie, you'd went 2-0 Dundee United, so you were even worse than me. Danny, he'd went 2-1 after extra time to Falkirk. So I suppose he was closest out of the, the three of us. The next match-up was Kilmarnock versus East Fife, which, Laurie, I think you ended up putting money on this one. Am I right? Yeah, but <laughs> I was just to increase my. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the most sensible of bets. I was. I was pretty much. I thought it was a sure thing, so uh, I put fifty that I had an account on it, which I never usually do. But the fifty had came from nothing, so that's why I put it on to put myself up to about sixty-two, I think, which I then put back into my bank swiftly, but not before. Oh yeah. Not before I used my excess two pound to bet on Falkirk to win uh, midway through extra time when they were 2-1 down. Well, it was on Falkirk to go through. So that got me about another 15. So, But that was all from... Good, that, good. The 50 was from a free bet. You know, I wouldn't usually put that sort of that sort of money on, on one result. So just to... Just to no, so no one thinks I've got some sort of gambling problem there. But yeah, so the, the League Cup done well for me. But um, I did think that... If any game was going to cause a shock, it would be the Falkirk game. I did think United would still win, but I thought maybe there was a possibility of a shock there. And, you know, Danny did call it that way. And yeah, it seemed to be the most entertaining game. Although, from what I heard and what I saw, I don't know how United hadn't uh, had the game sewn up before it got to extra time. But if you don't take your chances, then that's what can happen. Yes, it's a real sore one for Dundee United as well, because there's... I mean, let's face it, the League Cup's a bit of a ditty cup anyway, but the financial kickback that clubs like Dundee United get from progressing in, in these cups, you're talking a couple of hundred thousand pounds for a, for a semi-final and maybe a final appearance as well. So given the financial situation Dundee United are in at the moment, 
that was a that was a that was a, a tough defeat for them because if they get by Falkirk, you know, if they get a decent draw in the next round, then you're looking at a final and you're looking at a, a big payday. So I'm not surprised that there were one or two people on the board at Dundee United who appear to be less than impressed with, with that particular result. But credit to Falkirk, a team of young guys who um who did the business in the last round and, and, and they've turned it around again this time. So I think they've earned their place in the in the semi finals. So the the Kilmarnock East Fife game uh, finished two nil to Kilmarnock. I'd went for a three two victory to East Fife because uh, just uh, the romance of the cup kind of took over, clouded my my judgment. Laurie, you'd went for a three nil victory to Kilmarnock uh, in the podcast last week, and well, you mentioned that you put your money where your mouth was. Danny, he'd went for a three nil victory as well. The final game on the Tuesday evening was St Mirren versus Ayr, which I went into this thinking that St Mirren are going to stroll this one 3-1. Laurie, I think you went 2-1, and Danny had went 1-0 to St Mirren as well. And in fact, Ayr won this 1-0, which is a bit of a shock. Yeah, but again, these things seem to be happening in the League Cup a lot, and that's the third SPL team. Air have put out, uh, obviously not the biggest one they put out, but <clears throat> the, <laughs> a nice wee shock all the same. I was actually going to mention there when you were going through our predictions, um, my uh, father has pointed out in the last couple of podcasts that I had forgot to mention to you, but he says that you see, you have too many, I think he, he said uh, too many misuses of the past, of the past participle. By yourself, Craig. It's <laughs> easy for you to say. As, yeah. I think as in um, a bit too much of I'd went or Laurie had went when it could just be I went, if you see what I'm saying. So I, I just I just thought I'd bring that up just now. It was just, uh, it was just some podcast feedback. That was the only thing you yep, had to say. Now I'm going to be paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought I'd bring it up, you know. There you go. What were we talking about again? League Cup. Yeah. 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 It's good. <laughs> so air air going through one 0 Right. The the on Wednesday, Hibs played Celtic live on the BBC, and I have to admit, I only watched the first half of the game, and it looked a, a really good cup tie. I thought the game looked really open. Hibs went into the went in at half time one 0 up, and well. I thought that there was plenty more goals to come, so I put a wee sneaky bet on Celtic to win over 90 minutes, and, well, they obviously did because they won 4-1. So I got a wee bit of money back. I'm not as, as high a roller as Laurie with his £50 bets. <laughs> can't remember how much I put on. I think it would have been a fiver. It wasn't much. So in terms of predictions, and I'm not sure how I should be saying this now, but... <laughs> I had gone for... No, I just say I went. You went to Celtic. <laughs> 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 Laurie, 3-1 Celtic. Danny, 2-0 Celtic. <laughs> yeah, well, you watched a half more than I did of the game. Um, I listened to a bit of it at work. And, yeah, I thought that Celtic were in a sort of form that Hibs could take advantage of, but it kind of fell apart in the second half, and I think it was... Be honest, two kind of poor teams, and um, in the end, it was it was Hibs who were created exposed. Um, in the second half, Forrest seemed to turn the game a bit. Uh, partly because he changed his boots, 
I noticed Neil Lennon taking credit for that. I told him to change his boots at half time, and that's what uh, had an impact. Did you not read that? No. Uh, no, I did. I did read that, yeah. but I can't remember seeing him slipping about in the first half. Uh, well, so I'm not sure what difference they made, unless they uh, maybe were a bit more comfortable. <laughs> don't, know. <laughs> don't know. I wasn't watching the game, but I saw the goals. So, yeah, I think maybe it'll give Celtic hope that they might win at least something this season. But I wouldn't count on it with uh, the other teams remaining. I think maybe Kelly will fancy they've got a good chance now. Celtic aren't exactly looking the best, but. I'll be honest, as Greg says, the League Cup is a bit of a, a Diddy Cup, as they like to say, but I still would like to like to be in it because I think with Rangers out, there's every chance that anyone else can win it with Celtic's form. So I fear Celtic will win it in the end, but it would be really nice if, you know, maybe we got someone else or, you know, even a non-Old Firm final all round. That would be that would be something else. Huh? Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see um, I'd love to see an Air Kamarnik semi-final, I think that's the one everyone's looking out for, Yeah. because there's obviously the local rivalry in there as well uh, and, and Falkirk, Falkirk playing Celtic as well would be a big financial boost for Falkirk too, so like uh, like Laurie though, I, I'm struggling to see past Celtic, given the, the sides that are, that are left in there, Kamarnock are the only ones who really look as though they could put up any sort of, um, any sort of, sort of strong competition against, against the Celtic side, but you never know. You get Celtic when they're on a bad day, and you know funnier things have happened. But ah, it's looking like a bit of showing at the moment. Yeah, especially if they do get to the final, when it's Hamden's going to end up pretty much like a home match for them. Yeah. Especially if they they end up facing Ayr or Falkirk. Yeah, no, I just remember from back in May in the in the, in the, the cup final there as well. And it was obvious to were you were going up against a side that had been to Hamden umpteen times in the past, whereas Motherwell were relative strangers there and it does it makes a big difference on a on cup final day so uh, yeah it's difficult to see past Celtic at the moment but who knows so the that moves us on to the SPL and the first game this weekend was Aberdeen against Rangers which was on a, a very early kickoff it was a 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN I got caught out a bit by that I'd missed the, the first five minutes uh, the first half was what do you think it was 12 or 5 what do you think it was 5 past 12 kickoff <laughs> I turned it on expecting to get the the build up to it thinking it was a half 12 kickoff yeah. why was it so early why was it why was that 12 did, did you is that a normal kickoff they've done a few times no half, half 12 is it 12 uh, half 12 quarter to 1 sometimes it's yeah they've done they've done, it, they've done it 12 before though yeah they did it for I think it was a St Johnson game they did it 12 Hearts, as well the Hearts game uh, away to St Johnston. I'm sure that was 12, wasn't it? Earlier in the season. God knows why that was on yeah, TV. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there you go. Not that anyone would have been watching. Yeah, I don't know. So I thought the the first half looked fairly even between the two teams. I thought Rangers really came into it in the second, and despite a, a wee bit of a scare at the end after Foster scored with a, a I don't know, I don't know what went through McGregor's mind there, but it should have been an easy stop for him. But he kind of fumbled it into the net so there's a bit of a scare at the end but Rangers were worthy 2-1 victors I think the major talking point in this game is uh, the Naismith the Naismith foul and subsequent injury have you both seen it? Yep Yep. Yeah, I think the the, the foul itself was was pretty horrible 
I, I don't think there was any malice in it, to be honest. I think he was just a bit late, but I think the way that he'd caught was uh, Milsom. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. I think it was. Like, like you're saying, I've watched it on the TV again, and when you see it in the slow-mo, and you see where he catches him on his ankle, uh, it could have been a real... The boy's lucky to get away without a, without a broken ankle there, but it's the same with all these ones. When you go sliding in with your foot like that, you know, you can put it down to be missed time, but only only Naismith knows if there's any intent there, whether he's trying to do the boy or not. And to be honest, with the, with the replays, I've seen it, it doesn't look very clever, and I think he's, he's probably... You, know, you can say he's pretty lucky not to get sent off, but given the eventual outcome of the game, it might have been better seeing a red card at that point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he was allowed to carry on. I don't know if that was uh, Naismith maybe kidding the, the physio on that he was fine or yeah. or may, maybe it's just bad luck, who knows. Sometimes you can run these things off, though, I think. Like a lot of the time you, yeah. you can't tell how bad an injury is. You know, Sometimes something feels like it's pretty bad and a couple of minutes, as they say, you know, you run it off and maybe just thought it wasn't quite as bad because... I don't think he'd continue if if he really thought it was serious because you know it can end up doing a lot more damage. But personally, I thought it was a booking if 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 the ref had seen it properly. But in real time, you could barely see anything, so I can understand why there wasn't any action by the referee at the time. So the the match finished two one to Rangers. I went for a one nil victory to Rangers, so I would have got one point in the the SFF predictor. Laurie, I, I don't know what you were thinking because you <laughs> went for a, a 3-2 victory to Aberdeen <laughs> and Danny, Danny had uh, put his blue-tinted specs on and went for a, a 3-0 victory to Rangers. Yeah, I mean, James has said after, he's disappointed with the keeper, that will just not do. He has to cut these blunders out, put the team under pressure in a game which we should have ended at a canter, which I kind of agree with the second half. Aberdeen had really barely had a sniff. I think Rangers were certainly deserving of the... The two-goal lead when it happened. JB was in Aberdeen point of view. He said on the forum, and even first half, but second half, Rangers were a better team. It would have been good to get a point, but we've had difficult last two games against Old Firm, and we're starting to pick up points against the teams around or below us, which is what we need to do. Yeah, and that was good to see uh, old Paul Brown losing his rag in the on the touchline as well, shouting and balling. There's nothing better when a manager. You see a manager. You know, claiming profusely for something, and then when you see the replay, it's absolutely never a penalty kick. There's nothing there. It was uh, it was fantastic watching that. And to his credit, when he was interviewed later on, he was he was he was he was doing his usual gentleman Jim impersonation by refusing to criticise the referee. The same old rubbish that he's been trotting out for months. But we'll wait and see. Come come April next year when they're, when they're down the bottom of that table, whether he's still refusing to. He's all calm and collected guy. until someone whispers in his ear, yeah. and then you know, that's right. <laughs> whispers. That's right. He's chasing you down the tunnel, trying to kick your backside. <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Boyle was was shouting, "Chase me, chase me!" <laughs> Happily married man, you know. Oh, none of that sort of talk. <laughs> Moving on to the Celtic and Hibs game. I mentioned that indeed nil nil, and it was surprising because I read that they hadn't finished, they hadn't had a nil nil in the SPL for two years, apparently, mm. which is a yeah. surprising stat. That is. I think it was against Motherwell as well. I read. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, that might be right. That rings a bell. So I, I, d- I didn't see much of this game myself. I only seen the highlights from the the BBC, but I thought it, it looked a, an okay game. Both teams looked. Fairly even, 
I thought that it's worth a mention for Lee Griffith's free kick where he had it laid back to him and he seemed to chip it up in the air before hitting hitting the shot. Did you see oh, it? That, that, that was bizarre. I don't... I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's something that they were intentionally doing, but it's when he's chipped it up, he's almost... He's not had a full swing at it. It's almost like yeah. he's just stabbed it over the wall. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't look. Wasn't a very good shot. Like to be something fair. that you'd you'd rehearsed. You know that was it. I've seen them done before. I mean, remember Di Canio done a similar thing years ago in the old firm derby. I think did he not? Yeah, I think I think Letizia did. Letizia did the same thing years ago for Southampton. Flicked it up and volleyed it in. Although we're talking about yeah, it's Di just... and Letizia, not <laughs> Lee Griffiths, isn't exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although I saw Phil Stamp do it once for Hearts at uh, Tanadice as well, I'm pretty sure he hit the bar or the keeper saved it. But so uh, I seen on the highlights and read that there was plenty of booze at the end from the the Celtic fans who are are clearly getting a bit upset that they're dropping continually dropping points and now is it 12 points behind the Rangers at the top? It's funny. It's funny watching the highlights as well because even when the game was going on, there was there was. There was noticeably a lot of empty seats within Celtic Park like during the game and towards the last sort of five minutes it was really the patches empty seats were really noticeable. It was it was people leaving their droves. And it's funny, it was um I was going to Glasgow yesterday, just at sort of tea time, I was getting the train in and it was by Domarnock. There was a load of um, hoop supporters got on with their faces chipping them about uh, about twenty past five and a lot of the talk for these guys on, on the train they were uh, they were less than impressed with Lennon, so I don't know whether the the goodwill towards the, the manager starting to starting to turn a wee bit now. Maybe all the empty green seats made uh, Hibs feel like they were at home, and that's why they kind of had <laughs> had the confidence <laughs> to attack a wee bit, looking around at all those those green seats. So I thought, oh, Easter Road, you know, we can we can go for this home advantage and everything. But yeah, I'm not really got much to see in the game. I, I saw the highlights. I thought Griffiths looked like he's grown in confidence now, and yeah. First half, Celtic seemed to have a couple of chances. Second half, Hibs seemed to have a couple of chances. I mean, on the forum, grumpy old man says, could have played all day and not scored by the sounds of the commentary. Is this the end of the line for Lennon? And then uh, Johnny Robb, with a good, uh, one of my favourite uh, sort of phrases to describe a bad game, he says, absolutely rotten. Uh, looks like the corner turned on Wednesday was a feckin' rune de boot. <laughs> I kind of read this slang, you know, as these young folks. Back to square one, Lennon and Leicester, fingers crossed. So, yeah, you never know. Well, yeah, he's been linked to the, the Leicester job now that Sven's gone. So, I don't know. I think it, it would be the, the easy way out for him. But I just think that the last year's shown that, that Lennon's not one for taking the easy way out. He clearly thinks that Celtic's the job for him and Bill. He's a Celtic fan, so it's a, it must be a dream job for him. Yeah, I think I think one more defeat will do him, though. I think uh, one more uh, one more defeat to a, a, a team other than Rangers, or maybe even Rangers, is going to be enough to, to send him packing. And uh, fingers crossed it's going to be next Sunday. <laughs> well, I, uh, fingers crossed here too, yeah. Why? Motherwell, the closest team to you. You surely don't want them to be picking up points. <laughs> ah, they'll fall away, don't worry, don't worry. So the next game up is Dunfermline against Dundee United, which finished 4-1 to Dundee United, which was a great result for Peter Houston, especially after the week he had, where it seemed to come from nowhere, but people were starting to call for his head. 
and he had a, a meeting booked with Thompson today to discuss his future. And that, I think that 4-1 victory sorted out those discussions and they've come out and I think everything's all rosy and he's going to continue in the job. It was. I'd went for a, I went, a 1-0 victory. I went for... <laughs> did I say that time? You went back to your I'd went, so... Ah, right. Look, I just don't want to have any bother from my dad, you know. I just... <laughs> so I, I went for a 1-0 victory to Dundee United, so I got one point in the predictor. Laura, you went for a 1-1 draw, so you would have got no points, and Dan Ed went for a 1-1 draw as well, so he would have got no points. I thought the, the, the Gary Mason red card was a bit harsh during the game. Did you see it? Yeah, we were just discussing yeah, that um, nonsense. prior to starting recording, and it's another thing, two things I seem to moan about all the time are handball and red cards because studs are shown, and I just I don't understand how players are supposed to go for a ball if it's dead in front of them. And they're reaching out their leg forward. How I have no idea how else you manoeuvre your foot to not have studs showing. Obviously, if you're off the ground, you know, if you're flying through the air with your studs up, then that's a different story. But sliding along the ground, showing a bit of studs, I mean, I, I just think everyone's gone soft and, I don't know, who knows, maybe I've been watching Ian Black too much, so I'm, I'm, I've, 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 I've sort of, I'm desensitised to these tackles, but it just seemed nothing to me. I... To me personally, I wouldn't even put that as a foul because he put his studs through the ball. He didn't go in to injure the player. And yeah, pretty harsh, but overall be good for Dundee United. A great goal by Dixon. And United seem to have a hell of a lot of really good left foot players. I think it was it Russell, Dalavalle, Dixon, um, their other lad who scored as well. Who's it? Yeah, the guy who scored the, guy who scored the fourth. Um, took it well with his left. I don't know who it was, but yeah, who they signed from Airdrie? It's oh, he's got a double barrel second name, and I've forgotten it. Um, is it Mackay Smith? Mackay Stevens, I think it is. I think Mackay Stevens. Yeah, aye, that was a good goal. What about... aye, it's, it's another heavy defeat for Dunfermline, though, isn't it? It's another another four goals shipped at home as well, and uh, it's starting to look a wee bit dodgy for them. The only saving grace is Inverness don't seem to be able to buy a win from anywhere at the moment, but. They've got to stop conceding goals at the rate they're doing, and it's uh, it's only going to go one way. I think Inverness, though, as, as we'll probably go on to as well, they seem to not be getting the best of luck. Whereas uh, Dunfermline, from when I've seen them, I thought they started they seem quite well, but when I've seen them recently, they just look really poor. And and they do have likes of Andy Kirk, who <clears throat> is always worth a goal. He'll always grab a few goals, but at the back, as as Greg just points out, they they really need to sort things out because they seem to ship goals far too easily. Did you see Pernas's kick out at the end of the the highlights? Yeah, I think it, I don't think it's the first time he's done it this season either. He's Did just, it against Motherwell as well. Fluffed a kick it against Motherwell straight to straight to Michael Higdon. He's been looking really suspect this season. Sabardini was seemed to be at fault for what's at least two of the three goals, maybe all three if I, I can't quite remember. But he is looking very dodgy for a keeper who looked pretty pretty solid um, when he first kind of came through. So I thought I'd move on to the Hearts against Kilmarnock oh, game. Laura, you'll enjoy discussing this one. Oh, the, the game itself finished 1-0 to Kilmarnock. I went for a, a 2-0 victory to Hearts. had a lot of faith in them after Laurie's bigged them up so often, but they let me down, so I got zero points in the predictor. Don't blame me. Laurie, <laughs> oh, definitely blaming you. <laughs> You'd went for a, a 3-1 victory to Hearts. 
and Danny got it spot on. Oh, he went I... for a 1-0 one, one victory to Killy. Yes, I know. He's already reminded me of that on the forum. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it hinged... Basically, the game hinged on 15 minutes when Mr. Black received his marching orders and I, I've heard from Hearts fans who think it was definitely a red card and I've been desperately trying to get what must be my maroon-tinted spectacles off because I keep watching over and over and I just don't see a red card there. I see a late tackle... Probably a yellow, a bit rash. I don't see it as that that has been that bad. I don't know if it's a case of Ian's reputation preceding him, but I didn't think it was awful. Um, but the referee had an absolute nightmare throughout the game, I thought. Um, not just always against Hearts, especially, though there were a the few, which there was just times where I think Templeton hit a cross in at one point and the Kamanic, it was Sissoko flicked out for a corner. And the referee just gave a goal kick, and it was just one of these points where you're kind of you're baffled because there was no hearts play either. The commander defender headed it out, and I thought he got the penalty decision wrong. I thought Zayukas pulled him outside the box, um, and then I thought, well, if he's going to say it's a penalty and that's a foul, then it's surely a red card. But he gave him a booking, so it seemed to be just a bad game all round. And Paulo Sergio lost the plot. I don't know if any of you saw his. Uh, he decided to tell yeah, the referee. Yeah. When the referee said you oh. go to the stand, I think Paolo must have been trying to explain him. No, I think you should go to the stand, which... Oh, his hands were all over the place. It was brilliant to watch. Yeah, Black Black also offered um, the fourth official his, his shirt when he going off as well, which... <laughs> yeah, we, we don't seem to like the officials any much at the moment, so I don't know. Personally, I'm kind of a bit annoyed that the officials were so bad because it's kind of papering over problems for us. Again, no striker starting. Sutton not even on the bench. Um, I think we need to change things around. I think we have more problems than just the officials, certainly. But again, that's going to overshadow it. And um, yeah, if maybe if players started getting paid, we could concentrate on football again. But yeah. there's a lot of a lot of issues swirling around Tencastle at the moment. So I, I just don't know what to don't know what to concentrate on at the moment. <laughs> Did you see how how old the the fourth official looked? Or should I say oh, how young he looked? He looked about fourteen, eh? Just yeah. like a boy. <laughs> they handled it well when Black tried to offer a shot. Uh, it's not something I've seen before. I'm not sure what the the point was of that. I don't know. Is that? Yeah, I thought that's pretty poor. That's pretty poor form for the guy. Okay, he's not happy getting sent off, but dropping your shot on the ground and all the rest of it. You know, I, for me, Ian Black does himself no favors, and I kind of haven't seen the. Having seen the incident again on, on, on the highlights, it's a difficult one. If, if you if you get a really close up look, Laurie's probably right. It's probably not a sending off, but when you slide in like that, and when you've got the reputation that Ian Black's got, he makes it easy for referees to send him off because he went off up at Fir Park for an almost identical challenge. And I was at. Did you think the one at Fir Park was a red? Because I looked at it and I, again. I was going to say I that. Couldn't see a red card the, there. I just couldn't see it. I was at the game. When I was at the game, I was adamant it was a shocker, a challenge. When I saw it again in the highlights, it wasn't that bad. But it's the manner with which he slides in. I think he, he makes that he makes that decision easy for referees. I mean, he flies into tackles. It's odd because before this season, he'd only ever had one red card in his club career, and that was for Inverness a few years ago. And that was actually wasn't for a tackle. It was I remember it. It was for a, he lost the rag at half time and threw the ball away. Um, so it was even more stupid. But so he'd never been sent off for a tackle before the season, and the two he's been sent off for, I don't think were red cards. So I do think he gets an unfair press at times. But 
I do get your your point that your kind of your reputation preceding that he does like to dive in needlessly at times. Um, but maybe you know <clears throat> referees shouldn't be swayed by that. You know, individual tackles should surely be based on their own merit, as opposed to if a player's generally a you know a clean player or generally throws himself in. But I think as you were saying earlier as well, the, the way that the game's going recently, I mean, the, the, the tackling's all but taken out the game now, and I, th- I think this is just a an example of a guy who maybe 10, 15 years ago um, would probably have been applauded left, right and centre for his style of play, but now in the, the current the current climate, I, I think it's just an easy out for referees now. As soon as you see him flying in and not winning the ball, it's a straight red. And it's, it's a bit of a shame because, you know, the, I think when you take the tackling and the and the midfield players who can never go out of the game, it, 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 it does sell it a wee bit. Yeah, in terms of a Kelly point of view, JB added on the forum that <clears throat> credit to Kelly, as many thought they would struggle this season, but they've done well. I think the Shields' first away win is that is, I think that is Shields' first away win as Kelly manager, which could build confidence further within the team. Um, although I must say, even with ten men, I felt we had most of the ball and most of the play. We just we really needed a striker on there for longer. I felt, and it's something I hope we we address soon, but. Um, well, I, I wanted to, before we moved on from the game, I wanted to mention uh, something that I spotted in the, the highlights that I didn't, you don't see very often. The linesman holding back the corner flag to let Hearts take a corner. Ah, it's it's not, not very often you see that. A wee bit of cheating on the go there. It's like golf. <laughs> hold, hold my flag when I take this shot. <laughs> I've never seen a linesman play golf before. Yeah. Right, so the next game up is Inverness versus Motherwell. And Greg will be pleased with how this went as Motherwell continued their challenge for... Are, are we going to call it a challenge for the title? I think we've got to. I think we're now in the, the, <laughs> the second quarter of the season, so I think it's only fair. <laughs> right, so Motherwell won this one 3-2. I had went for a Motherwell victory, 2-0. Laurie, you went 2 0 as well, and Danny had went for a 1 1 draw. So, did you did you see the game? Well, I'd listened, uh, I listened to it on the, the BBC yesterday. I listened to the, the, the live commentary on the BBC, and um, it's fair to say it was, it was daylight robbery. I think Inverness had, they must have had half a dozen good chances in the first half. Um, I think we had won and scored. And likewise, in the second half, I think they had the bulk of the possession, the bulk of the chances. But we just we get goals at crucial times. We get we got an equaliser just before half time. And Furness went two one up, and literally from the kick off, Lazar ran up the score and, and made it uh, ran up the park and made it two each. And then a couple of minutes to go with a, a free kick from from Tom Hartley, and a three two Motherwell. But I mean, it's 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 for Inverness to get nothing from that game. Yesterday, as for the neutrals hat one, it's a it's a bit of tragedy really. They were, they were by far the better side. So, I mean, it's it's a great it's a great three points for us. Inverness is always a tricky place to go, but you know, with the visit of Celtic next week, we need to buck our ideas up a wee bit because there just wasn't enough um, enough decent play going forward yesterday. And again, at the back, we've um, we've conceded a couple of goals. So. I mean, we'd, we're pleased with the three points, but I think I think there needs to be one or two backsides kicked a wee bit yesterday um, on the back of yesterday's result. How's Stevie Hamill looking? It's looking like a, a few games out. He's got a it's about a three-inch gash 
down the, the, the front of his shin and he's got uh, damage to his, his ankle ligaments as well. So he's looking at maybe two or three games out. But we're fortunate that Sean Hutchison's come back in. He, he played yesterday for the first time in about four or five weeks. So he's he's um, sort of come in at the right time. So we can kind of shuffle the back four and provide enough cover. Although losing, losing Hamill will be a big blow because he's been, he's been one of the better players this season. So... Um, as I've, as I've said in previous podcasts, it starts to show up the, the threadbare squad we've got at Third Park. But, you know, when you're up there challenging for the league, you've just got to go on with it. <laughs> I, th- I think um, I'd like to I'd like to see otherwise. I don't want to sound like a, a pessimist, but I, I can't see Motherwell sustaining it. I, I've seen them a few times and I've been really surprised that they've got results in the games I've seen them in. And from what I read and what I saw, they seemed, as Greg did admit as well that they seemed very lucky against Inverness. Um, it was a, a cracking strike by Lasley. I think those uh, those Inverness wins are often the cause of <laughs> the cause of many a long range strike up at the Caledonian Stadium, swirling left, right, and centre through the air. But you know they're getting results, so you, you can't really argue with that. But I don't think it'll last. And it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm kind of watching my team, and it's very frustrating because I see. You know, a Celtic team really struggling, and um, a Motherwell team who are doing well, but as you say, they've got a small squad, and I think they will fall away. Yet, you know, you've got the Hearts are just throwing away stupid results recently, and you know, United are in this sort of period of transition, and Aberdeen are struggling, Hibs are struggling, and it seems like the perfect opportunity this season for someone to at least push into second. And you know, eh, you know, stranger things have happened. Maybe Motherwell can keep it up, but. The, the realist in me kind of thinks that the best they could probably hope for this season is third. And I'd like to think Hearts will maybe buck up their ideas and have something to say about even that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's not... If you'd asked me at the start of the season where I, where I thought we'd be sitting at this stage, I'd, I'd probably have said sort of hovering towards mid-table if I was being optimistic given the, given the squad what squad size we've got. But... The thing to remember is we're still we're still waiting for guys like Michael Higdon really finding his feet and getting his shooting boots on. He's he's not really been on his game the last couple of months, and Jamie Murphy as well is another boy that's really fallen away the last three four weeks. So if we can get these guys back on form and, and playing well again, then yeah, I think we've got I think we've got the beating of most sides in on in, in that league under our belts. We've, we're talking about bringing Stevie Hughes back in as well. He seems to be keen to come back and settle on a short term deal. So again, it's it's another creative midfielder in there as well. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I'm, I'm not going to sit here and predict the team's going to plummet down the league. But um, the longer and longer it goes, you know, the, the more the optimism is building. And whether we're talking to some of the guys last night, you know, it's it's a case of saying, well, you know, if we beat Celtic next week, and you know, if we do this, that's the way people are talking at the moment. So, I think in a lot, of, I think in a lot of respects, you've got to keep that sort of positivity going because it's it's, it's it's games like that yesterday you know pulling results at the bag 3-2 in for nice yesterday that's 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 league winning results right there telling <laughs> you boys league winning results well, I'm going to put a, another big if in here but if the, the Rangers tax case doesn't go mm-hmm. the, way, the way they hope and, and blah 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 they go into administration whatever happens they maybe need to move to a new company they, you could find them dropping out of the title race completely, so it could be Motherwell challenging Celtic 
And well, if it happened today, Motherwell would be top. What I'd say you have to remember no, is, is lots of teams have started seasons well. And what I would say is, even last season, I think going into February, almost the start of February, Hearts were within a couple of points of both the old firm. And um, come May, we were 30 points behind both the old firm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. The season we finished second, I think early in the season, about this time when we had that fantastic start, we were about, I think, 14 points ahead of Rangers at one point. Again, we just, in the end, held them off for a second place come the end of the season. So it's, it's a long, long, arduous season, and especially for sides like Motherwell with small squads. So it's... Yeah, we, we, we generally have a... We generally have a dodgy Christmas and New Year as well. Years going by, it's, it's been around about that time where we've, um, where we've dropped points. I remember under Jim Gannon, we went a terrible run, um, just sort of November, December time. And uh, off the back of that, he, he sort of left the club. So it's a big couple of months coming up for us. But I mean, the upside for Motherwell is we've got we've got the points on the board now. I think I think we're on the same points just now as Hamilton had last season when they were relegated. So it lifts the whole burden of. I mean, there's no chance we'll be relegated. That's that's completely out the window now. So it lifts the burden off the players as well. The pressure is just off now. And a lot of people say, no, there's, there's more expectation, which is true. But by the same token, Motherwell aren't expected to finish second in that league. We're all talking about it just now. So I think it I think it takes the pressure off them. I think it takes the pressure off the manager. And it means that they can go out and just, and just play football and not worry too much about, you know, is this a vital three points here, you know, we're not in the, we're not in the same position as a, as a Dunfermline or Inverness where it's a case of now having to win um, we can get away with we can get away with dropping some points here and, the, here and there as well, so I think it'll be for the, the long term benefit and uh, I, I just hope to keep it up, I'd hate to see them go on a, go on a slide now and then, you know, plummet down to mid-table or bottom six, I think that'd be a real shame given what they've achieved up to now but big game's coming up so they've got to maintain the maintain the uh, start of the season. There's a, a, a good topic started today that you'll appreciate by a new member, yeah, Prince Parry. Motherwell, no squad, 12 senior players left uninjured, relegation possible. I can listen he's for Erdry, Craig. He's for or Hamilton. Talk of the forum, some some reaction as well. Sheeny Bob about Wales is fantastic so far this season from the well. I had my doubts on McCall when he was appointed, to be honest, but my word... But my word, has he galvanised the club. John Boyle must also be given his fair share of credit for how the well are doing. The club are a credit to the town and the fans. Great to see my local team up there in second spot, followed by a little smiley face. And uh, JB also adds... I love, I love uh, sorry, Laurie, I love how these bandwagon jumpers now, because the well are up the top of the table, they're suddenly their local team and like to see them doing well. I've heard I don't think there's any doubt who Sheeny Bob supports. Really. <laughs> Um, JB also adds, what impresses me about Motherwell is that they don't have a big squad and they have a good starting 11 with some good youngsters who are well led by Craigan, who is like an on-field manager. Hmm. Manager, pundit, player? What what can't he do? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for that. I was opening that up for a, for a wee slide dig by someone. But there you go. Yeah, I was wondering how I could fit in uh, the world record attempt, but I, I couldn't think of a way to shoehorn that in. So moving on to the final game the weekend is St Johnson versus St Mirren, which ended surprisingly 1-0 to St Mirren. I went for a 1-1 draw in this one, so I was totally wrong. Laurie, you were, you were really wrong. You'd went for a Paul Band, a 0-0, and Danny had went for a, 
a 2-1 victory to St. Johnson. Why was I really wrong and you were only just wrong? I think we both put a draw. We both put... Well, nah, I'm closer, I think. Why? So that... You're both one goal away. I don't see why I'm really wrong. <laughs> so I wonder if you spotted the, the cheating going on during the game when uh, Danny Lennon was bribing the fourth <laughs> official. That was a part of the game. Danny Lennon, fourth official, a wee sweet. I don't know, is it a midget gem or a sports mixture or something? I tell you what, the last thing you want to do is take a sweet off a man in Paisley. That's, uh, that's never a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought the, the St. Johnston definitely deserved more than, than what they got out of the game. I thought they, they had quite a few chances, probably the, the better of the two teams overall. Did you see it? I did. I watched the highlights. Um, again, the, the most popular player in the forum, Sandaza, looked as way he was. Um, he was up and at it again, and uh, maybe a wee bit unlucky. If he'd a right foot, I think he'd probably have scored. But I, I it's, it's, it's another one of these these games this season that I think are really hard to call. You know, all these all these sides are sort of taking points off each other, and it's a it's a good result for St Mirren because St Johnston have been on a on a really good on a really good run recently, so um, it's a valuable three points for them. But it's, it's one of these games you could toss a coin with that game yesterday. They're both sides are both capable of uh, winning games and turning upsets. So. Well, Frugal Norrie, the St Johnson fan, um, he described the he described the game in one word, which is uh, <laughs> a word which is often used to reference um, testicles. I won't say what the word is, but uh, that was his his assessment, and he goes on to say it was pish, right enough. But hey ho, we've had a good run, and you can't win them all. No word yet, but we sure need someone, and preferably soon. And that's in reference to obviously the vacant manager's position. So yeah, it seemed like uh, as Craig says, maybe could have gone either way. But good to be finished by Kenny McLean. He looks like a good prospect. So it was good to see a, a teenager like that coming through and having a decent goal and shows how open the league is and Johnson being a good run themselves but beating at home to St Mirren so yeah lots of these games you can, can't can really call which way they're going to go So that's us covered all the, the SPL games and I thought we'd, we'd move on and discuss something that Laurie you brought up during the week an idea for a, a charity a charity bet throughout the, the season that we would call the the Paul Band charity bet. Basically, we would get Paul Band to to pick a, a nil nil game, as we've called it, as we've called it in many a podcast now. The nil nil has become known as the Paul Band. So he picks a game in the SPL or the first, second, third division, and we put a, a five pound bet on that scoreline. And come the end of the season, if there is any winnings, which Surely we'll get some kind of winnings. We'll donate it to a charity. Well, well Paul Band's developed a good, a good sort of streak with his predicting. So hopefully, at least gets a couple because we will just keep put. We'll we'll keep putting a fiver into it. We won't. If we do win one, we're not going to stick all the winnings on the next nil nil. I think that'd be too no, much no. risk. Too much risk. So we'll, yeah. So what's it? Is he giving us the choice for this week? Yes. Yep. I've got the choice, and I've actually been on a couple of bookies, but. I can't seem to find any odds, so we're going to have to wait until next week to find out what kind of odds I got. And the the match he chose was St Mirren versus Hearts. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> he says they're neck and neck in the table. St Mirren have the home advantage, and I think they'll cancel each other out. So that's Paul Ban's prediction. His charity bet 
Right. I'm, I'm not going to the game next finish. week now. <laughs> no, no. Alright, so that, that'll, that'll be it placed then. And we'll, hopefully we'll get some decent odds on it. I, I wouldn't count on it at the moment, though, the way Hearts have been playing up front. <laughs> so I thought we'd move on and start predicting some scores. And the first game of the, the week is on Thursday evening. And Celtic unusually have a, an 8 o'clock kickoff playing at home. They, they seem to have got a bit used to these early kickoffs, which... I just I just can't really understand why they're doing it, but I suppose TV TV decides. So the eight o'clock kickoff, Celtic versus Wren. I think Celtic have they've struggled so far in the Europa League to put it politely. I think they they managed to get a point in the last meeting between the two clubs, so I think they are going to be going into this a little more positively. But I don't think they're going to get three points. I'm going to go for another one-one draw. What game was it again, sorry? I wasn't paying attention. Celtic versus Ren. <laughs> Do we have to keep predicting these stupid Europa League games? Um, I bet on Sion. Are they in it yet? No? Can't... Not yet. They will be soon. All right, okay. Uh, Celtic at home, aren't they? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. What did you bet? one all. Yep. Nil-nil. No. Paul Band. A Paul Band. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 Ren. That silence equals how excited we are about the game. Simple as that. <laughs> I, 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 I as much enthusiasm for Celtic's Europa League campaign as I've got for Scotland's Euro qualifying campaign. <laughs> so yeah, 1-0 Ren. Let's just get them bottom of the table and let's forget about it. <laughs> Is that before Sion joined, no? Ah, well, of course. Or is it bottom after? We're going for that nonsense when they tip up as well, you know, the Celtics are just worth off the tournament, total farce. Yeah, it is, and it seems to be that if you complain for long enough, then UEFA just give in. Oh, don't be... Don't, Shambles. Don't be giving freaking... Don't be giving Vlad and the likes ideas that actually... <laughs> they complaining about stuff and blaming things on people will eventually actually come to fruition. We don't, we don't want to give them ideas. So, the SPL on Saturday... The, the 5th of November, the first matchup is Hibs against Dunfermline, which is going to be an interesting one, I think, because well, it was touched on earlier that Dunfermline are leaking goals and Hibs, I think Hibs are, are looking quite good if they can play like they did in the, the first half against Celtic during the week and if they play like they did at the weekend there, I think that they could come away with a, a pretty convincing victory here. I'm going to go for 3-0 to Hibs. I'm going to go 3-1 Hibs here. Yeah. I think they're starting to look like they're getting a bit of confidence. Scott Griffiths is looking a bit sharper now. And as you say, Dunfermline are, are leaky at the back. So, God, uh, the mind boggles. Um, <laughs> Hibs 3, Dunfermline 1. Yeah, Dunfermline's woes to continue. I think 3-0 Hibs for me as well. And Griffiths is looking like he's, he's, a, he's a guy who's got bags of confidence just now. And I think if, if Hibs can start getting some goals and some points in the points in the board, they'll... Uh, We'll start scaling that table. So, yep, another nail under Fernand's coffin, I think. So, next matchup is Kelly against Inverness, and I'm finding this one a hard one to call. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the the Paul Band here. I'm gonna go for a, a nil nil. Mm, yeah, me too. Uh, Kelly were had a, the advantage of the, the the man advantage, but they still didn't really provide an awful lot. Tyne Castle. Um, 
Inverness don't seem to have much luck. I just I can't be bothered try call it. other than that. Yeah, nil nil as well. Yeah, Kelly are a difficult side to beat at the moment. They set themselves up well, and it's, it's difficult to score against them. Inverness are uh, they're creating chances just now, but I think they're lacking someone in terms of a clinical goal scorer. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go Kilmarnock to edge at one nil. And the next game up is Rangers against Dundee United, with Rangers losing their their kind of link man Naismith at the weekend. There, I think that they're going to struggle really to to get goals, especially if they persist in their their usual formation. Maybe they'll move Lafferty up front with Jelovic and play with two up top. Really, um, I think Dundee United. I think Houston's still going to be fighting for his job here, and it clearly shows that he can he can spot that spurs on the players to, to start scoring goals. I think I'm going to go for. My um, blue-tinted specs are going to have to come into this slightly and I'm going to go for a 1-0 victory to Rangers. But it's 1-0 going on a 1-1. <laughs> Am that... I allowed to do that, Laurie? No, it's still 1-0. 2-2. <laughs> <laughs> two, 2 all. Rangers 2, Dundee United 2. Right. Yep, I'm, 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 I'm with Laurie on that one. I think it's got two weeks written all of it. United will have their tails up after a good win at the weekend. Uh, Rangers are at home, they'll, they'll always get a couple in there, but I, I think they'll cancel each other out, so yep, to each. And uh, the Paul Band game of the weekend, the St Mirren versus Hearts, I'm going to go with the, the man, he's got a system, and it seems to work in the predictor, so I'm going to go for a nil-nil for this one. Oh, I've got to be optimistic. Ian Black's suspended anyway, so we're, we should have 11 men on the park. Oh no, we have got Zalukas, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> uh, just two one hearts. God, we've got to win at some point, surely. We beat Celtic, but then again, they're rubbish. So maybe, maybe we should play them every week. We get more results. I don't know. Two one hearts. Someone's got to cheer me up. Come on. Two one St. Murn for me. Boom. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I was going to back Motherwell the next game as well, but I'm no now. <laughs> that's hard to when you put the kibosh on it. That's fine. Uh, I, I think St Myrna are, are going well just now and we get the home advantage, so yeah, yeah, 2-1 St Myrna. Just think of the charity, guys, eh? I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to back <laughs> this 0-0, I'm, I'm wishing it, yeah. <laughs> and these are going for a 2-1 victory either way, yeah. So the Sunday's game is Motherwell against Celtic, which is a, another 12 o'clock kick-off, so I need to try and remember this time and not miss the, the build-up. I think the, the Celtic are going to struggle at Motherwell, I think, because, well, they've got the, the Thursday night against Wren, which is going to definitely sap them. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Motherwell. Ugh, I really can't call this one. Um, it's a tricky one. I think Celtic have good players, but at the moment they just don't seem to be gelling, but they have these little spells like against Hibs where suddenly they absolutely destroyed them. And... I think Motherwell may be riding on the kind of is the height of maybe what they're going to get this season. Oh, I'm going to go Motherwell one, Celtic three. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one to call this because we were Celtic comprehensively beat us at, at, at Parkhead the last time out. I mean, we weren't really in the game. Um, Rangers comprehensively beat us at Fir Park earlier on in the season, so we, we seem to have a bit of a a mental stumbling block when it comes to the old firm at the moment. Um, but 
as as I said earlier on in, in the podcast, I think I think we're due a good game from from Jamie Murphy. I think we're due some goals from from Michael Higdon as well. We've, we've got a midfield if Jennings is, is fit again for the weekend. We've got a midfield that's really doing the business. My only concerns kind of at the back. We've lost Stevie Hamill now, um, and we've got a wee bit of a makeshift defence. So I, I can't see us keeping keeping a clean sheet, but. As long as we score enough at the other end, we'll be okay. So I'm going to go three-one Motherwell. Optimistic there. Got to be, mate. If if you're going to go and win this league, <laughs> you're going to beat teams like this. <laughs> I, I think I'll tell you something. There's a real. Uh, I mentioned earlier. There's a sort of air of expectation, sort of around the place at the moment, and I, I just hope we can get a, a decent crowd in there next Sunday, and um, and get a really good atmosphere going. Because I think if we can. If we can do that and if we can nick the first goal, I, I, I think Celtic are dead and buried. So, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think the Celtic, they, they do have the team. Uh, you don't suddenly become rubbish overnight. But, but yes, something something's just not right there. Lennon seems to have brought them out of their shells with his half-time team talks lately. So, one of the times this, he's going to do that before the game and they're just going to do what they did to Hibs, but maybe even on a... A larger scale, but yeah, I just think after Thursday night, I, I still think that they're going to be tired. They're, they're going to be they're going to be chasing the game. I think on Thursday, struggling to get that one-one. So yeah, I'm just going with my two-one to Motherwell. I think I've got, I've got a funny feeling that Wednesdays are numbered um, at Celtic Park. And <laughs> what, what would give you that idea? <laughs> another uh, another league defeat. Um, I think we'd see him gone, and I've, I've just got, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be next Sunday. I'll probably be proved humiliatingly wrong, but the optimist in me is just uh, is, is, is got a real good feeling that we might we might finally get a result up at up at Fir Park against the old firm. So the the final game of the weekend uh, is Monday night football, and that's St Johnson versus Aberdeen, and that's on at quarter to eight on Sky Sports One. A less, a less appetising fixture on a Monday night you'd be struggling to find. I think I'm going to go for a St Johnston victory for this one. I think I'm going to go for another 2-1. Christ, three goals. Optimistic. Um, I can't see there being more than one goal. Uh, I'm going to go St Johnston 1-0. <laughs> I thought Aberdeen kind of huffed and puffed against Rangers in the first half and looked like they might do something, but they kind of peered away in the second half and I mean, and their goal was just sort of handed to them by Al McGregor. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I can't see their team. Sandazzo will probably score, so Craig can get all excited yeah. on the podcast about it. No, actually, <laughs> you won't because we probably recorded it before the game. Oh, no. How, well. how, how disappointing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, St. Johnston 1-0 victory. Probably be dull as dishwater, as they say. That's a Paul Band for me. He's picked. He's picked the wrong game. I think this is a. I think this is the weekend's nothing each. A really boring Monday night game live in Sky for all those plucky Sky customers to sit down and enjoy. I think it's going to be a, a die or nothing each. If it's really, if it's really boring, maybe we can send Jeff Brown down there and he can whisper something in Craig Brown's ear, get things heated, <laughs> get the get the blood flowing, get the excitement going, and some entertainment. Gonna gonna have a word with Sky Sports, see if we can get that audio used in the their advertising, the their build up. St Johnson versus Aberdeen. 
I think it'll be a no no. <laughs> <laughs> it just is though. It's like it's like a Monday night game, you know. I mean, what are you gonna do on a Monday night? Are you gonna sit and watch that or are you gonna go and I don't know, paint a wall or something? <laughs> <laughs> Who pays for Sky these days if that's a rubbish they're showing? Honest to goodness. You know when the BBC highlights, you know, you've only got what five minutes of a game, yet the highlights include one of the managers giving the fourth official a speech. I mean, you know, <laughs> that game's really not got... It's that what they've come to with the, the highlights. Or, you know, a manager giving the fourth official a sweetie. I mean, go on, is that all that's happening? <laughs> you know, this game is that boring. The cameraman is going, look, Danny Lennon's giving the fourth official a wee midget, Jim. Get that shit. <laughs> Good. I, I liked it anyway. I, I wrote it down in my, my highlights. Was that a bit that was all you wrote down? <laughs> oh, I write down, I write down loads. Uh, so I, that's us done for the, the SPL games. I thought I would mention a few topics on the forum that, that were, well, decent ones that, that I found interesting over the weekend. Uh, one of, There's a few on Celtic at the moment, and one of them was WTF. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> WTF is going on at Celtic. This was a topic started by Japester, and it's basically asking the question that if, if Celtic are making signings behind Lennon's back, which was something that I think Psychoheart brought up in another topic, but I thought it was quite interesting if you wanted to have a, a look at that. It's in the, the SPL section. There was one written by Hector, and it's called Please Go Now, Neil. And it's Hector basically saying why he thinks Lennon should leave. And Laurie, I think you touched on it earlier. <laughs> Hector, it's full stop. It doesn't work on his keyboard. <laughs> or his comma. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a common problem. There's a topic called, just simply titled Peter Houston. And it was discussing Bill Houston's future at United, which... But after that 4-1 victory the weekend and the positive talks against the board, maybe he is safer now, but it was, it was quite a good topic discussing the, the stories during the week there. There was one from Laurie discussing Friday night football. Uh, a poll with a, a yes or a no. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Discuss. So that was good, Laurie. At the moment, the yes is 66% of the votes. Well... 67% really if I average it up uh, no 17% and undecided about the same so yeah, mainly going for yes so seem to be a positive move at the moment on the SFF anyway I, uh, I thought I'd kind of move away from football and recommend a topic in the off topic section and it's the, the joke thread which is maybe 40-50 pages long and <laughs> before you go in there I would make sure that that you that you you're well aware that there's very offensive jokes in there. <laughs> it's not there's not the type of jokes oh, that Jesus. you tell your granny. The cat was definitely offended. She <laughs> 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 doesn't want to, doesn't want you going in there. Was there... Yeah, I don't tell them your granny. That's that's my tip. It sounds like a good tip. <laughs> yeah, and also I'd want to mention the predictor on the forum because we came to the end of the October monthly prize where you can win £20 or in this case a share of £20 there was four people finished at the top with 19 points that's Chris Scottish football fan the guitar singer 
and we are the hearts. Hey. So I've contacted them and they've they've all got themselves a, a nice crisp five pound note. Maybe buy them a pint and maybe a, a house vodka and a mixer, maybe. Christ. A bag of crisps if you're lucky. Christ, how cheap is it in Sterling? We well, don't get that in Edinburgh. They get one of the one of either one of the three, you know, I don't know. So yeah, if you've not entered the, the predictor at all, then now's a good time to start because we're starting a, a new month, November, and entry's free for all forum members. So I thought I'd just give that a wee shout out. There's a £100 top prize for the entire season, which I don't think that's out with the realms of possibility if you'd started just now. The leader has 61 points and with three points available for a correct score. If you're any good, you could go rocketing up there. I'm down in, in the overall leaderboard. I'm down in 61st place with 39 points compared to 61 for the leader. So as you probably can tell from the podcast, I'm not very good at predicting. Laurie, you're 33rd place with 46 points. Sounds all right. Greg? Not too bad. You are... Oh, hmm. Do you want me to read this out, Greg? Yeah, go for it. Well, you're not in the top 100, that's for sure. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I keep forgetting to put mine on. I know, that, I know that's the old, uh, the old get-out clause, but I, I genuinely do. I've, I've, I think I've had my predictions over the last two or three weeks, which, as a, as a forum member, I should have got my knuckles wrapped for. But I'm going to pledge to have them on for November. I'm going to, I'm going to have that 20 quid in November. I think. Starting with my three-one. So I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Unless there's anything you want to bring up, Laurie. No. I've <laughs> had, had enough of football for the weekend. I need to I need a I need a re, I need a respite. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again, Greg. Always a pleasure, Craig. Cheers and good luck for next week. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yep. And thanks again, Laurie. No worried. No worried? No worries. <laughs> I was delighted. No I was delighted to join you again, Craig. That's what I like to hear. Yep, and I'll, I'll speak to you again next week. See you later. Right, cheers. cheers. Thank you. Bye.